I'm glad for the soul that saved today, amen. Uh, I'm thankful for what God's doing here at Vickers and uh, saving people. That's what it's all about. Yes. We can brag on it, brag on it, but what when you see the evidence of it, and uh, and we sing about him, talk about him, preach about him, but see the evidence people giving their life, that, that just means so much. And see, seeing people grow in their lives, that's that's what it's all about. We got as Christians, we start out in this thing, and we we got a lot of growing to do. And uh, and I believe. I believe if you get in his word and get under some good preaching and teaching, you'll grow. You can't help but grow, can't you? It's good, ain't it? If you got your Bible, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. This is a very familiar story. This is where I feel the Lord was leading me. I, I preached this a time or two uh, in the past uh, couple of years of preaching and uh, just kind of had a little, maybe a little different direction going with it, but a uh, very familiar story. I, I, I try to stay very simple when I preach and teach and things. I I write songs real simple. I teach simple and preach simple. I just want to keep it real simple. And, and this is one of the most uh, familiar stories in Scripture. We learned this story uh, ever since we were kids in Sunday school about David and Goliath. It's, uh, but, but it never gets old. This story right. never gets old. And I'm going to share my thoughts with it the best I can. If the Lord help me tonight, y'all just pray for me. So right in the first verse, we're going to dive right in. Uh, uh, chapter 17. Read down a few verses. It says, Now the Philistines gathered together their armies. So gathered, gathered their armies to battle and were gathered together at Shekol, which being, belongeth uh, to Judah, and pitched between Shekol and Azekah and Ephesus the men. said, And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Azekah. Uh, uh, Eli, and set the battle in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on the mountain on the one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side. There was a valley between them. So then there went out a champion out of the uh, camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. So cu cubits are 18 inches. A foot, you know, is 12 inches. So 18 inches, that shows you how big that he was, six, so he's about nine and a half foot, a span is nine inches, so that's, so that's a half of a, half of a cubit, so that's a, that's a pretty big, pretty big guy, right? Mm -hmm. It said, and he had a helmet of brass upon his head and was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. It said, and he had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. That, the, the shekels, I don't know the exact weight, but I think it estimated the best I could study that coat weighed 120 pounds, just his, just his, the coat that he had on. Said, and the staff of his spear uh, was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and one bearing a shield went before him. I think that's about a 30 pound razor sharp spearhead. That would have cut some people down, won't it? <laughs> said, and uh, said, and verse 8 said, And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am I a Philistine and you servants of Saul? Servants to Saul said, Choose ye a man for you and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and, and to kill me, then will we be your servants. And But if... If I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. And verse 10 says, Then the Philistines 
the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. In verse 11, when Saul and all the Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Let's pray tonight. Dear God, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to stand again, Lord. And, and Lord, we just we thank you for your word, God, and what it means to us when we study. And God, the encouragement it gives us to face each day as we face battles, seems like sometimes so often. And God, you bring us through every time, God, and we thank you, Lord, just like here in this story. Lord, how you brought Israel through. And God, we thank you, Lord, for always being our force. I pray, Lord, that you'll let this be an encouragement to someone here tonight. Dear God, we thank you for what you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Y'all can be seated. And then this, this passage we see here, it, it, it talked him up pretty good. I think God did that on purpose when this was recorded in this story. I think God wants us to see what, what they saw there in person, what kind of what kind of warrior champion this guy was. And, and that champion name, I mentioned this morning about Matt McClung. You know, I love watching basketball. And we know how champions become champions. And we saw Matt McClung become a slam dunk champion last night. If anybody here watched that, I thought it was pretty awesome myself. Having the Gate City shirt on on national television. So I forget how many people already looked up Gate City, Virginia already just because he had that on his shirt. But we know all the, the athlete stars and the celebrities and how they – you know, especially athletes, how they get to be champions, they're good at what they do, amen? Mm -hmm. And we see here that it called him a champion. He was a champion warrior. He was good at killing people. That's what he was good at. And, and I love how the Lord, when he, when he makes these stories, Brother Chris, and these illustrations, I love how he lays it out like this because you can see how he fooled the devil and, uh, and, and, and how... Ignorant that they have wisdom sometimes when it comes to God. But see, we think he's real smart and real strong, and he is. He's more smart and more strong than we are. But how God's always a step ahead of him every single time. Because he thought he had something on the Lord here, on God's army. When, when this little boy started growing and, and was ended up being a pretty good-sized kid, and they said, hey, we got something here. Let's teach him how to kill people. Because you know why? He's going to grow up, and he's going to be a warrior, and we're going to kill Israel. And they're going to be, you know, they're going to show God a thing or two, in other words, right? And it worked, right? It worked. It showed Israel, scared them up pretty good. And they, and, 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 and they thought that they, they had something. Because what did he say? said he come out to defy the armies of God. So he's already bragging. Seeing these big athletes and these, these football players in NFL and even the two sons that played in the Super Bowl was even talking trash to each other, you know. And their mama had on this side of the, the Eagles and this side she had on the Chiefs because they're both sons played for two different teams. And I laughed because them two brothers were talking trash to each other. And, and, and I love that, how they've done that. But that's what athletes do. So I, I'm just trying to give you a thought uh, in your mind of what an athlete is and how they do these things. Well, that's kind of what was going on here. They, they had this big giant, and he, boy, he's a trash talker. And, and he, he come out here, boy, he's, he was out here bragging. But you have to understand, when he said this, I come. He said to defy the armies of God. Well, well, he, he said the wrong thing there, boys. God, listen, but, but God, God, God wasn't sitting around one day in heaven to say, guys, how y'all doing? And talking to him, saying, wait a minute, what's going on with my army down here? Who's this big guy? Where'd he come from? Oh, no, we're in trouble now. No, he didn't tire God up a bit because God knew him when he was in his mother's womb, Sister Frida. He knew that this man was going to grow up and become a champion warrior murderer and going to stop his army one day. That's why he allowed it to happen. He let it happen for a reason, brother, because he could have let his mommy die while she carried him, right? And been over over with, right? Well, why didn't God do that? Why didn't he let him wreck a bicycle and get killed in his little one? He would never have to stop God's army. You see what I'm saying? I'm just being silly, but I mean, you see my point, though? But he led him. 
God let this problem come for Israel. But you see here, it said in verse 11 that they were greatly afraid. Listen, a couple years ago, we was pretty afraid. It shut the whole country down with some other countries. This thing called COVID, it scared us up, didn't it? Yeah. Shut church doors, shut down yeah. businesses, shut everything down. And we were afraid they would shake hands, probably we was going to get sick or something. Right. And that's just a little bit of an idea, maybe what something you might face that brings you fear. But then we go to the doctor's office and they tell you something like you, you got cancer or, or muscular dystrophy or some kind of a disease or maybe a, a bill's doing the... They're knocking on the door and you're about to lose your home. And all these things we have to face in life. Listen, where's a, where's a homosexual move right now yeah. that's got a lot of people showed up right now because they're afraid to say something about it right. because we get thrown in jail or punched in the face or something. And these things are right. And boy, they just, they just grow to a giant. And we have to face this stuff every day of our life and we don't know what to do. And it stops us dead in our tracks and we don't know how to face it how to get around it and that's the same thing that happened to Israel King you're Saul he's the king and he's at this army and he don't even know what to do now the king should have an answer here but boys let's go get him let's go do that but they tried that they, they could not go forward for the Lord as a nation you don't understand what an awesome nation this was this was the nation few years before that was slain by Egypt that was stuck down there in Egypt and were made slaves and they couldn't do nothing for the right. Lord. They were stuck like that for a long time. They were born slaves and died right. slaves. Right. And they were stuck there. And what happened? The Lord used a man named Moses to lead them out. And you see what happened to Pharaoh's army, didn't you? They all died, right? And, it, and we see story after story down through time where this has happened so many times. Where, they, where Israel would get in the problem and God would bail them out. Well, here they are again. And now they don't have a clue what to do. But I like what it says right here. So, uh, uh, let me build this up just a little bit. So here's this giant. He's down running his mouth. They're all scared to death. He's been down there for 40 days, and they still don't have an answer. They did 40 days ago. And David, just in the chapter before that, this little bitty boy named David, 16 years old, out watching his sheep. I guess he's 16. I said 16. He might have been younger than that. He's probably in his teens somewhere. And, 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 and long story short, because I'm going to do it just for time's sake, and God sent Samuel down there to Jesse's house. He had eight sons and said, one of them boys is going to be the king of Israel. Well, you got the king already. You got King Saul, but this is the king God wanted. Amen. God had a different plan for his nation. So here, here David, so long story short, Samuel goes down to Jesse's house. And every one of the boys come out. He said, I want all your boys to come here. And he, Jesse got every one of them, lined them all up. And that first one walked in. He's a big old strong man. He was nice looking, the Bible said. And he's like, oh, this is going to be, this is him. Samuel walks up to him, it wasn't him. God said, nope, not him. He goes down to every one of them, there ain't no more boys left. Is this all the boys you got? And he said, no, there's one out there watching his sheep out there. I told him to go out there and watch his sheep. And see, David was being obedient to his dad, so he was out there. He was a champion shepherd, is what he was. He, done, he put his whole heart into watching those sheep, right? So God had this awesome plan for this nation called Israel, which was his army, which was his people. He wanted these people to be a people and to be... To, to, he didn't want them in slavery down in Egypt. Right. He didn't want them stopped by Philistines and, and these uncircumcised uh, giants and all this stuff. He had a plan for them, and, it, and this plan is going to move forward whether, whether, whether the devil's got his big ugly face stuck in it or not. God's plan will move forward. And they said, well, go out there and get him and bring him in here. They brought him in there, and God said, this is him. Just a kid. Just a kid, and he, and he anointed him to be king. So here, so this was in the chapter before this. Now, now you tell me what David was thinking when his three older brothers up there in this battle and him sitting there watching the sheep thinking, well, 
don't really care what's going on up there. I know what my daddy said down here watching this sheep. No, I know exactly what they was thinking. You all do too, and the Bible didn't say it, but we know what he's thinking. My people's up there fighting. I'm going to go up there really bad because I'm the king. God just knowing to be the king, but I'm going to stay right here because that's what dad said to do. I'm going to watch his sheep. Then his daddy said, hey, David, come here. When you take these cheeses, and when you take this corn, and you take this up to your brothers in the battle, I guarantee you David was like, okay, Dad, I sure will. Could not wait to get up there. And sure enough, what's he do? He goes up there. The next morning, he loads his stuff and his carriage, and he goes up there. And long story short, and you can read on down, and I encourage you to go read this. You can read this every day. This is an awesome story. And his older brother sees him there, and he's like, David, I know why you're here. I know why you're here, David. I see your naughtiness. You come up here to see what was going on at this battle. And David's pretty much like, yeah, I did. And ain't nothing going on. What are y'all standing around here for? And he hears Goliath down there. Running that mouth of his down there bragging around how he's going to kill somebody. And how he's going to make God's army his servants. That's what he, because he seriously thought he was, right? And listen to what it says in some of these, in some of these verses. It says, verse 26 says, And David spake to the men that stood by them, saying, what shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of God? See, he knew who he was the king of. He, he was the king of God's army. And he said, And the people answered him after this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the men that killeth him. So he's going to get him, the king's going to give him all these riches and give him his daughter and all this stuff. So David, now he's ready to go fight. It ain't no big deal to him. And he says, hey, he says, Eli, his oldest brother, heard uh, 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 when, he, when he spake unto the, the men, and, uh, and Eli, and I forget how you pronounce his name there. So he was, he was kindled against David. That's the one that said He said, he said this. He said, why camest thou down here? He said, with, with how thou, hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know the pride and the naughtiness of thine heart. He said, for thou art come down uh, uh, that thou mightest see the battle. Look at verse 32. David said, Then David uh, said to Saul, let, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Said then Saul said unto David, Thou art not able to go uh, against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. So your David was just a kid, and this guy's already been a warrior from, from him since he was a kid. But David get, begins to tell uh, uh, Saul, and he said, hey, listen, he said, I'm not worried about him. There was a bear and a lion come down into my father, down to my father's sheep and said, and that lion grabbed one of them sheep. He said, I got him by his beard and I slew him. He said, I killed him. He said, this Philistine is no different than these bears and these lions. I'll kill him just the same. And, and so I can see David, brother, girl, when he come, he come, I don't know how it's looking up there, brother Mark, how it's all set up, but he said it's on the one side. And the other. I, I just picture him coming off this mountain, you know, coming down. Yeah, with his little slingshot and his little bag of rocks, you know, and he had a little staff, and he's coming, climbing down off that, you know, sitting, you know, climbing down there. And maybe Goliath was sitting back out with his buddies because he's bored. He's been there 40 days, and nobody wants to fight him, Earl. And he's sitting there talking about maybe the football game they watched the Sunday before, whatever, I don't know. And he sees this kid coming off his mountain. So he's like, wait, who's this? Tickled to death. He thought he was going to get to dunk on somebody, didn't he? He thought he was going to get to kill somebody here. And he comes down there. I love what the Bible says. He says, I believe when David come down off that mountain, I believe he couldn't wait to get down to that ground. And you can read it. He says when he come down there, and he heard, that, he heard Goliath bragging on him, that would scare me a nine and a half foot. But he said he ran to him. Yeah. I, I believe he ran to him. I believe he's doing this on the way he's running. 
getting that rock out, getting that sling out and throwing it, and they were missed a lick. And he said it buried deep in his forehead. He said, because listen, Goliath, you come to me. Because Goliath told him, he said, he said, listen, he said, you come on down here. He said, what are you doing with that little staff? You think I'm some kind of a puppy dog? That's what he said. You think I'm a dog? You're going to run me off with a stick? And David said, listen, he said, I'm going to kill you and feed your, your carcass to the fowls of there and the wild beasts. And David said, oh, no, you're not. He said, I'm going to kill you, boy, and feed your carcass to the wild beast." And he comes down. I believe he hit the ground. I believe he just started running and slung, never missed a lick. Goliath hits the ground. David never stops, jumps on his back, gets his sword out, cuts Goliath's head off, takes it back to the city, party's over. And everybody's sitting there. But you're, 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 here's what I like. Israel probably sat there and done like this. Yeah, UK just hit that buzzer beater. I've watched them for 20 years. I love UK. That's pretty fun. No, they do what I do when UK hits a buzzer beater. It says they jumped up and they shouted. Say they shouted. The Philistines probably was silent just for a minute when they saw him hit the ground. And when he seen his head come off, they charged him. Man, they just started roaring. They shouted. And they got, they know the victory was already over. When they see the power of God on a teenage boy, move up on a giant with just our stone and kill him. He never even had a sword. He had used a glass sword to take his own head off with. And they shouted and they roared and they ran to him. So here's this giant that's causing all this problem, God's army. And God's army stopped dead in his tracks, could not do another track for the Lord, could not move for the Lord, couldn't build another church, couldn't open another church door, couldn't, couldn't do one thing, couldn't testify, couldn't say a word. I'm just making a little point here if you understand what I'm actually getting at. And everything was shut down. And just like that, the problem was moved. Just like that, the problem was moved. Now Israel can move forward. Now here they can move forward because the king was more, the shepherd was more than just a, just a shepherd, right, wasn't he? He was also king, amen? Jesus is more. Jesus is more. And I had two thoughts. I thought, Lord, what can I title this? I was 12 pieces with two thoughts on the title. I started to say he's more than a shepherd. I started to title that. And then I got to thinking, wait a minute. On this side of Goliath, we stop dead in our tracks. We can't go forward on this side of Goliath. But on this side of Goliath, we were, we were, they were free people. Israel was free to go on and do, and, and be what they're supposed to be for the Lord. They could be this nation that God wanted them to be now. They could, they could go on with the law and, 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 and build, build the, the temple and all these things that they, they were told to do and all these awesome things that they're supposed to be as a nation. And because of the giant, they all got stopped. But the problem was taken care of now. Listen, we got, we got these kind of problems in our life now. We feel like we're stuck. We feel like we can't move forward for the Lord. My last message I preached was on moving forward. But here we feel like we get stuck sometimes. Maybe you, maybe you failed God. Maybe, maybe you got so much failure in your life that Satan's beat you down with it. And you feel like it's such a big giant you can't get past that. Maybe, maybe something else got you bound. I don't know what could have you bound tonight. And, 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 but it don't matter what it is. The Lord can move this. Amen. But we see as Israel goes down through time, there's a bigger problem than Goliath the whole entire time. And they didn't see it at this time. But all of a sudden their Messiah showed up and pointed out to them that they had sin in their life. Anybody got sin in your life? If you don't, go ahead and kill this woman here. We've heard that story about stoning the woman. But they all had sin in their life, so they threw their stones down. And he started pointing out, well, what do you say about... What do, you, what, do you, what do you say about the adultery? And all he said, oh, if you look upon a woman and lust after her, you commit adultery in your heart. See, he made them all guilty that day. And he done it out of love, and he come down and showed them how they were lost, and that sin is a problem. That's a bigger thing than the Goliath, amen, than, than the physical giant. But in reality, in reality, David should have died in that battle. 
in reality, in reality, we should die because of sin, because the wages of sin of death. In reality, we, we're guilty before a holy God, and we do not deserve what we had tonight. We don't deserve this. So in reality, if, we, if we're getting our wages, if I go up to Chris and I say, Chris, here you go, buddy, I'm paying you. You say, what? That's your wages, man. You earned sins, you earned your death. That's what the Bible says. And, and we get paid our wages to death, amen? Right. But somebody else got, somebody else took that payment for us. Somebody else had, uh, ended up dying instead. That don't make no sense to me how God could, could, could love me so much that, that instead of treating me like a dirty, rotten sinner that I am, He took someone who had never sinned and never known sin, which is His Son, and treated Him just like He was treat, should have treated me. He, he should have killed me, Frida. He should have treated me, but He treated Christ the same as He would a dirty, rotten sinner just like me. But he done it on his son instead. Yes. So then, so what happened here was, then he started treating me like I was his son, like I had never sinned. As though I'd never sinned. And I get to walk away free in this thing. Just, just like Israel here. Now the giant was in before Israel because of one reason, one reason only. God wanted to show Israel that I am God. You have nothing to fear. And he also wanted to show the Philistines that I am God. You, you better leave my people alone. That's what he's telling the devil today. Leave my people alone. Right. Let my people go, Pharaoh. Right. Well, God ain't no different. He's not sitting up there any different than he is today. He don't like it when Satan tries to stop us. Right. And listen, we, we get stopped by him sometimes. But don't, but don't be in fear because God can move that out of the way just like he did this. Right. But you know what I like about this story more than anything? The king walked down there all by himself. All by himself. And took care of the problem all by himself. Just like Calvary. Christ went to Calvary all by Himself. Took care of the sin problem all by Himself. All alone He walked the hills of Calvary. The disciples weren't even with Him. They ran. The ones who walked on water with Him, the ones who said, I'll die for you, Lord. They died Him before the cock crew, He said. No, Lord, I'll die for you. No, you won't. Before the cock crew, you'll deny me. Which Peter did end up dying for Him and gave His life. But at that time, Jesus walked the hill alone. Walked all the way up to Calvary alone. Burn my shame, burn my, burn my, my guilt, and all the things that I ever done. Yes. And, and it, it's just like a replay all down through Scripture how things have stopped Israel and how sin has took them over. But I love when Christ came; He took the whole entire problem away. There'll never be a Goliath standing before us again. Amen. I'm talking about spiritual. Because listen, to what the Bible says in Romans chapter six. Listen, to what it says. He says. Uh, he says, but now being made free from sin and, and become servants to God, ye have your fruit in the holiness. Mm. The end is everlasting life. Yeah. Listen, that's the end of something here. The sin has no more dominion over you anymore. The Israel was free this day, but listen, we are more free than Israel ever was because the sin problem that we owe was paid off. It's as dead as Goliath is laying on his face, it's gone. Yes. He destroyed death. He destroyed sin. He, he delivered us out of that. He took Israel and delivered them off under all this law and placed them in Christ. And he took us a bunch of pork-eating Gentiles and brought us out of nothing and placed us in his son now. Yes. And, and it made us free. Now listen, we ain't never been as free in your lifetime. We think we live in a free country, and we do. And it's awesome, and I'm thankful for this country. I think it's the greatest country. But we've never been... Free until we get free in Christ. Amen. Amen. And now we're free. Not only are we free, but listen, we're going home. 
<laughs> Sister Moses sung about it. There's only one way to go there. That's to be free in Christ. Amen. Uh, chapter 8, verse 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law and sin and death. That's what Apostle Paul said. Amen. Listen, once upon a time, you sin, you died. Under Israel, they, they sin, they died. In reality, they all should have died that day. They're not going to beat a champion warrior who's nine and a half feet tall. He'd have killed them all. With a big spear and a coat of mail and he had on and all this, who, who can go against him? But God did it. He did it time and time again down through Scripture, and he'll do it time and time again here in 2023. Now, we come in this year, a lot of people come in this year with a lot of problems, a lot of worry, a lot of stress. Uh, stop, Gary. They, they stopped in their tracks. And it's like, well, I, I, I'd love to do something for the Lord. I really would. I can, but I can't do nothing until I get this problem out of my way. I say it a lot with muscular dyspnea. It about drives me nuts. I said, Lord, if I didn't have this worry on me, I can move forward. But I'm going to move forward anyway. Right. And I'm going to talk about muscular dyspnea in pulpits and use that to kick yeah. Satan right in the teeth with. Right. And I'll tell the story everywhere I go about Connor. And I wanted them to help me with this message tonight, but I didn't get to because I wanted to. I wanted to have, if Greg was here, I was going to get him standing right here and dress him up like a giant. I, had, I was going to get the costume, you know. And I was going to get Connor to come up here and I was just going to give him a little shepherd sling. That's what I was going to give him. I was going to say, now in reality, who'd win this fight, see? And then, but you could picture that right now. Who'd win it? Greg would definitely win in reality, right? But thank God. Thank God for, for a holy God that, that cares and loves for His people. Listen, He cares more for people today than he ever did. Why? Because his son paid the price for all, man. That means more to the Lord now if you accept the Lord Jesus Christ tonight, church. We, us as Christians, listen, us as Christians, we have got to take a stand against giants and all these things that's going on in our life. We have got to in 2023. Is our church, is our church growing and we're seeing people saved? Isn't it awesome? I want to see it the rest of my life. I'd like to see somebody saved here at Vickers every Sunday. I, I would love, it, it would be awesome I said this one time, and I played music and stuff, and we, we, we was on a record label back in 2008 when I was with this group, and some of the group, group, group uh, there were there. was like, oh, well, how are we going to do handle all this fame? And I'm just, I'm just telling the story. I'm not trying to brag like that. It was the group I was with. They was that good. And they was on a record label, and we started getting books and these fame. How are we going to handle this fame? I said, I'll tell, you, like, I'll, I'll tell you how I like to handle it. I hope I'm on the for rent for show. I'm going to tell them I spent my whole life singing in churches and ain't nothing changed yet. And Oprah, I don't know why you had me on the show, but I want to tell you about Jesus while I'm here. Thank you for having me. I really did. I wanted to get famous too, so I could tell somebody about Jesus. I didn't care. And I said, Lord, I don't know what's going on. We opened up all these famous groups and stuff. I said, but if you want this for me, go ahead, because I'll sure tell them I'm excited about telling them. And I'm just trying to make a little silly example, but listen, we got to tell people about Jesus, because if we don't, who in the world's going to? I mean, who's going to? There's so much crazy stuff out here anymore. You don't know what the truth is. Well, anyway, sometimes some of these people, don't, they wouldn't grow up in church. They don't know what the truth is. We've got to stand on the truth. We've got to tell people about Jesus. We, we have got to share the Word of God with them and the love of Christ. And like Gary said this morning, you have to go preaching, come and preaching, just, just live the life before him. He, he'll speak for himself. I would, if Larry McMurray's out here, it might know Larry McMurray. He's a dear friend of mine. I'd tell this story if he was sitting here right now. But I work with him over. He worked at the Eastman, retired. And I'm going to come to the close, Gary. I'm going to fix him to come to the close. And I'm just trying to follow my heart. But Larry never did talk much. He's kind of quiet at work. You know, he always, he'd always talk, but he's just kind of quiet. I'm always running my mouth. I don't care where I'm at. I'm always talking. And I had a guy tell him one time, and we was talking about Larry building manlins. Larry built me a manlin one time. And he said, yeah, he said, I don't know Larry that good, but I'll tell you what, there's something about that man. 
He said, he, he just got a glow about him all the time. I ain't really never talked to him, but he's something about him that stands out. And I said, you don't know Larry too good? He said, no, not real good. I just know he built landlines. I said, you ought to get to know him. I said, you'll find out why he's glowing. <laughs> I said, he's one of the finest Christian men I know and a dear friend. And I said, he's got, he's got, he just has it on his countenance. He just, he just, he, he just loves the Lord and he's just, he's just that light and witness just by his life that he lives. He just stood out. And that's the way we are as Christians. We just stand out. That's why the Philistines hated uh, uh, the Israelites anyways because they, they, they were jealous because their God was real and theirs wasn't and they stood out and, they, right. and Goliath wanted to come and run his mouth. Right. But on the, that side of Goliath, they were bound. On this side of Goliath, they were free. I'm glad on this, on, 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 on the, uh, uh, this side of the cross, uh, what the Israel had a sin problem. But on that side of the cross, it was taken care of. Amen. Amen. But listen, tonight in closing, on this side of life, we, we're going to have these problems. We're going to face these giants. I'm glad on the other side. Amen. On the other side, we're going to have no, no muscular dystrophy yes. and no, no, no cancer. Yes. I, I'll never forget a phone call in 2005 on a, Thursday, on a Tuesday morning when my sister called and said, we're taking Dad to the hospital. Said, we take his appendix. Is, there's something going on with his appendix. They took him, long story short. Put him in a hospital up here in Grundy, Virginia, two and a half hours away. And we didn't know what was going on. And two days later on Thursday, my brother Benny lived down in uh, Morristown, Tennessee, and he got sick and went to the hospital. And they diagnosed both of them the same week with cancer. Dad was in the second stages. They get Benny. Benny's in the fourth stages. Y'all remember he came here and played a few months ago. Six months to live. <laughs> I oh, no, Lord. Michelle, excuse me, Michelle uh, called me at work. And said she'd left work already. She called me crying. She said, uh, Jackie just called and said, Benny's got cancer. I said, You kidding me? And I left work and we drove to Morristown and went there. They had done his emergency surgery on Saturday morning. We didn't know if he's going to live or not. Dad's sick and hurly. We drove, got done with his surgery. And two days later, we was driving over for his surgery. We just called out on God, Freda. We just said, Lord, we don't know what to do. We, we're facing a giant we ain't never faced. At this time, nobody had ever been sick in our family. We'd been all over the country. And people were requesting prayer for people who got cancer. Now here it is in our family. We didn't know what we was going to do. And you see my brother standing here a few months ago, standing there playing, a youth leader at his church. Six months to live. <laughs> Six months to live, and he's still alive today. You never know he had cancer. Dad's doing well. Is that amazing or what? But on that side, we'll never get a bad news from a doctor. I'll never, sit in a, I'll never have to make another trip to Cincinnati. I'll never have to go to a specialist again. Let him tell me all about muscular dystrophy, something I didn't know about. We'll never have our blood pressure problem or toothache. We'll never have anything going on in our lives. That it all be gone. So I thank God for the other side. Amen. Listen, these, these things are going to happen. We're going to face giants. We're going to face these problems. But listen, we're Christians and God, listen, He knows our problems. Nothing surprises Him. He wasn't sitting there walking with us in the doctor's office that morning and said, oh, I can't believe he's got muscular dystrophy. Well, if you have faith, I'll take care of the problem. And what God did, he knew it before. He knew it before we ever got there. It didn't surprise him. And you know what? He's brought us through 10 years. Connor's been diagnosed. And he's brought us through every step of the way. And he's with us like this. And sometimes, sometimes my, my friend Barry, just a few weeks ago, I said, Barry, I'm praying for your daughter. Pastor Barry, I'm so sorry. But that, that, that little Kylie's sick. I'm so sorry. He said, pray, Mark, just got to ease your pain tonight. He's a pastor. And all the, all the community, the churches come together and pray. Two days later, she passed away, 15 years old, with a blood clot in her liver. 
I can't imagine what Barry and Denise is feeling right now. I can't imagine it. And you're thinking, well, my Lord, what happened? Did the giant win on this one? No, he didn't win because little Kylie's up ahead right now. That's right. Singing that song that she sung in church all the time about God being good. Yes. Now she knows it for herself. Yes. Just how good he was, amen. Yes. All the stories we read of how good he is and what he brought them through, we get to see it hand in hand and face to face just how good that he is, amen. I don't know if I've helped anybody tonight with this. This story here, ain't, it ain't nothing new. It's the same story. It don't matter how you read it, sing it, preach it, talk it. This story is always going to be that story. But listen, we need to let these stories be reality to us and, and, how, and what God can do for us. He can move mountains. There, there are scientists in, in, in the labs right now looking for a study for cancer and muscular dystrophy and all these type of diseases and sicknesses. Well, well God can do it. He, he can bless them to find a cure somehow. He can, if we pray hard enough, He can do it. And I can't wait till it does because when them scientists says, hey, we found a cure. And I'll say, no, you didn't. <laughs> I'll say, God did it, amen. God did it. Listen, there's little things that's happened. I'm going to close. There's little things that's happened with Connor in this situation that, 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 that God has. I've I seen God's hand on every bit of it. Just to be in that school, the teacher's aid that he has and his physical therapist that he has. All these people are friends of ours through years that we never would have knew would have been his teacher's aid and therapist and stuff. And God just brought them all back into our life again and placed them around Connor. I, I'm so thankful that. I remember we done some x-rays here, so it just takes off some of the things we have to have done in Cincinnati. So we, go, so we had some x-rays done here a few months prior. And they done the back x-ray on Connor's back. And the doctors called and said, you know, his spine's really bad. So it's really, really crooked. And it had us tall pieces. We called Gary and all those. We'd had prayer about it. We come together with family and pray. So, you know, I don't know if Gary remembers that in particular or not, but we was all tore up. It's been a few years ago, three or four years ago. So we was a little tore up. Well, we're going to go to Cincinnati, going to do x-rays again, and we're going to find out, you know, what we need to do about this. So it had us all worried to death, and we're sitting in there waiting. So all the tests was on one day, and then all the results, and we made all these doctors on the next day. And the last doctor of the day was dreading it. Here he comes, the spinal doctor. He comes in there, the bone doctor. He comes in and he says, he puts that x-ray up on the wall that we took here in Kingsport. He said, what, what happened here? He's like, well, no, what do you mean? We, we had x-rays done down there in Kingsport. Yeah, but we done x-rays yesterday. And he put it up there and he said, you see the difference? I said, yeah. And he said, well, this don't reverse itself. Was he tired that day? Didn't even shout what he said. He said it don't reverse itself. He said, is he tired that day when you had extra? He's like, well, no. I mean, well, he might have been. Well, what's going on? He said, this ain't the same spine. This ain't the same x-ray. He said, well, you may tell us. So, well, I mean, he's fine. I mean, there's not nothing wrong with this right here. He said, here, here. You see, how the, we can see the difference on the x-ray. I heard stories about seeing the x-ray difference. I finally got to see one myself right with my very eyes. Mm -hmm. He said, so well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to keep our x-ray. We're throwing this in the way. <laughs> we, we're going to buy what our x-ray said. Uh -huh. I said, praise God, I like your x-rays, doctor. <laughs> I said, I like it. I said, well, thank God. I said, we was worried to death, and, and we didn't know what to do. And yeah. I said, the whole time thinking, I get in preacher mode up right in the hospital. I got to be careful. So... <laughs> So I was like, I know exactly what took place on them x-rays. On this x-ray here, see, we, 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 when we saw what was going on, see, we, 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 were, we, were, we were afraid. But this x-ray here, we called out on God, see. We called out on God. And, and, and the fear was gone because he took that fear away. And, and this giant was gone. 
And it's a, just another obstacle we got through. Amen? Mm -hmm. So God can do it. He's able to do it. Yes. Don't, don't doubt him. Don't, never doubt him. Amen? I'm going to turn back over to Pastor Gary. I don't know how to close the message. I'll just try to get up and brag on the Lord. Share my heart to be encouragement to you all. And I don't really, you know, how to put things in words, but just to brag on him. Amen. The Bible does, the Bible's already bragged on him enough. We just got to read it. Right? right. So I hope I was a blessing to you tonight on this message. And just uh, encourage you again with the story of David and Goliath. Amen. Amen. That's all, sir.